Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. Jeremiah chapter 23. I want to preach to you today about the power of the Word of God. And uh, starting in verse uh, 28, and uh, some of this was this scripture may sound a little familiar. This is actually uh, some of the scripture that uh, Sister Nicole shared when she gave us a word of several weeks back, uh, talking about the importance of uh, feasting on the word and praying the word. Um, but so in uh, verse 28 says, "The prophet who has a dream, let him tell a dream, and he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully." What is the chaff to the wheat? Says the Lord, "Is not my word like a fire?" Says the Lord. And like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. So, Lord, we just ask your blessing again upon this message. So, I want to talk to you about the power of the Word of God. Now, that means different things to different people. And uh, this, uh, with this thought, kind of reminds me of uh, Michelle's son, Roger. He's 24 now. He just had a birthday. But when he was, uh, Roger could talk at a real young age. So I, I, he probably was barely three. Uh, I went with Michelle and uh, she took him to this revival service. Uh, and I can't remember the evangelist. He was a well-known pastor that had become an evangelist like in retirement. And, and uh, I think he was from California. And uh, he had this thing that when he, in his altar services, he had really good altar service. He didn't lay his hands on people. He hit them with his Bible. Well, he didn't hit them. He touched them. He laid their, his Bible on their head. And so, Roger, people are just being slain in the spirit. You know, this one touches their head and they're out. And Roger's eyes are getting really big. And there's a gentleman uh, in the row in front of us. And I had known this, this, this man my whole life. And he's a very, like, uh, you know, when there's an altar service, he's one of the first ones down to help pray for people. Uh, if I said his name, some of you may would even know him, but he, uh, he's going on to be with the Lord now. But he, he just, he's real zealous. He was trying, he's, he's there. He's in the middle of it, no matter what's going on. And uh, when the, the preacher started going down the aisle to pray for people, and this gentleman wanted to get to him. And he's trying to get to him, and the preacher realizes it, and so he reaches that Bible over, going to try and touch him on the head, and the guy kind of like leaned into it real fast. And when the guy's going like this, before he could get it turned over, he just pops him on the jaw. And this guy was a, he was a heavy set man. And so it just kind of made this, like you could, just, you could hear the pop when that Bible got a hold of him. And he just went straight out. Boom, he fell out in the middle of the, of the aisle. And uh, so um, Roger's eyes are huge. And uh, we, get, we get back to my parents' house, and uh, he's telling my mom about it. I believe it was my mom he's telling about it. And he says, Grandma, he says, the preacher smacked him in the head with the Bible and knocked him out in the middle of the street. Because he didn't know the word aisle. 
So that was the street to him. He said, the preacher knocked him out in the middle of the street with the Bible. And uh, that sounds funny for a little kid to say that, but unfortunately, there are a lot of people, that's really the only power they think that this book has, to beat somebody over the head and to tell them that they're wrong and tell them that they're, you know, just... They, they don't realize how important this word, word is. Now, people, they won't, they won't admit that, but that's why a lot of people, even the ones that don't get into it, they think that's what it, all it's for, too, so they leave it alone because they don't want to offend anybody or hurt anybody's, anybody's feelings. But we need to know the power of the, the Word of God because there are people all around. Uh, they're in churches today. They're in churches every week, and they're praying for power, but they're neglecting the Bible. They're neglecting the, the Word of God. And you'll hear it. I've even used the phrase about getting people plugged in because that's just, I don't know, that's the catchy thing people say or, you know, it's been out a while now. But we got to get people plugged in. we got to get people plugged in. And there's all these programs to get people plugged in. But regardless of any of that stuff, the best thing we could ever get anyone plugged into is the Word of God. Because there's going to be times where you go through things in life and church people aren't going to be there. Family's not going to be there, but this word will always be faithful if you will be, get into it and let it get in, into you. And uh, last week, Bishop Seals was even talking about the, the armor of God and about uh, the belt of truth and the truth of the word that holds everything together uh, in our lives. And, uh, and it's important when we see so many people that are being deceived. And you wonder why. It's because they're neglecting the Word of God. And these are good people. These are good people. They mean, they mean well. They're good men and women. Uh, even those that are they're longing to have encounters with the Lord. They're longing to uh, have power uh, through God. And they want to bear fruit in their lives for the kingdom. But they've forgotten or someone has failed to tell them that Jesus said in Luke 8 and 11 that the seed is the Word of God. Now... Fortunately for me, my family got out of farming before I had to do it. So I just sound like a farmer. I have no clue how to do it. But I do know this. You can't bear fruit without a seed. You're not going to bear any fruit without a seed. And so we need the Word of God. As everybody's so focused on being blessed and bearing fruit and all these different things, but we forget about planting the seed. If we're going to have power, then we have to study and feed on the Word of God. And so what I want to do is I want to take a, a, a look, and I'm going to go pretty quick uh, at some of the things that what the Word of God has the power to do, because I usually don't have this many points. I got 10 points. So if you want to count me down or if you want to write them down, either way you want to do it. But I've got 10 that I'm going to go through real fast uh, so that we can see the importance for us to stay in the Word and the, and the power of the Word of God. And the first one is, the Word of God has the power to convict of sin. Acts 2, verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? So if we, if we read um, the verses before this, what we see is, is what they had heard that brought them to this place that brought this kind of conviction was the Word of God. Now, I know the Bible wasn't written and distributed yet, but Peter preached a message to them that was straight Scripture from beginning to end. And it had this effect on them. It was the Word of God, and it carried it to their, to their hearts by the Spirit of God, and it caused them to see the need to be saved. 
See, if we want people to see, uh, we want to see people moved by conviction in the church again, then we must use the Word of God, not just another clever altar call or not just some kind of another emotional uh, pull on somebody to try to, uh, there's a lot of manipulation to get people to the altar. That's not, it may get them to the altar, but it's not going to have the effect of just giving them the Word of God and letting it do what it, what it does. Uh, I was reading a book uh, years back, and this, this preacher was talking about uh, him and another preacher were in, were in the office, and this young man from the church was coming by to see him. He had been coming to the church for a while, and he was just a really good guy, but he would never accept Jesus. And uh, they were talking, and he was like, you know, some, for some reason, this, this young man just has never experienced conviction. I don't know what it's going to take to get his attention. And so the young man comes by to see him, and, and they, they ask him again. They say, you know, have you accepted Christ yet? He said, no, no, I don't really see the need in it. He said, you know, I'm, I'm not saved, but really, I'm, I'm not a bad guy. I try to do right by people. I try to be a good person. You know, I'm not a bad guy. I don't, you know, what's the point? And the guy said, well, the, the preacher told him, said, well, I actually have a tool here that will show you what the point is. It, it, will, it, will, it will show you your need to, to receive Christ and that you're not as good a guy as you think you are. And he said, would you like to see this tool? And he said, yeah. And he handed him a Bible. And the guy kind of laughed and he said, okay. And he said, no, no, I want you to open this up to Matthew chapter 22. And uh, he opened it up and he said, I want you to read verses, just two verses, verse 37 and, and 38 to me. And it says this, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And he said, okay. And he said, now, uh, what commandment is that again? He said, well, it says here it's the first and great commandment. So he said, well, the preacher said, if that's the case, if that's the first and great commandment, What's the first and greatest sin? And he thought for a second. He said, well, I guess if this is the first and great commandment, then the first and great sin would be not keeping this first and great commandment. And he said, you're right. Now, have you kept it? Because he says he's not a bad person, but have you kept this commandment? Have you loved the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all, with all your soul? And the, man, the, the young boy looked at him for a second and the Holy Spirit took the word straight from there to this young man's heart and he ended up accepting Christ right there in the office. All those services he had been going to church and it hadn't happened, but all it took was two verses to make him see his need for the Savior. See, there's power in the Word of God to convict and to show people their need for Christ. Number two, the Word of God also has the power uh, to regenerate. 1 Peter 1.23 Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Having been born again, regenerated, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. So if we want to see people born again, then we have to give them the Word of God. We have to give them the truth. We need to let them know what the Word says about Jesus and all that they have to do is believe in their hearts and confess it and accept Him, and it's done. And so some people might say, well, that, that sounds good. That sounds, it actually almost sounds easy. I just don't know if I have enough faith for stuff like that. That's fine. Number three, the Word of God has the power to produce faith. If you need more faith, it's there. 
It might have helped if I had given them these points, wouldn't it? Maybe I'll do that next time. Romans 10, 17. If you need them later, I'll, I'll text them to you if I, if I need to. Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, I'm all for worshiping and I'm all for all the, all the different things that we do as, as believers. But you don't get faith by just worshiping. Faith is the product of a certain cause, and the Bible tells us that cause is the Word of God. See, when people, uh, when we tell people about Jesus and we tell them to believe it and, and accept it in their heart, then we need to give them something to believe. We have to give them the Word. We can't just say, oh yeah, here it is, have faith. Have faith. Now, a lot of people do that, but we have to give them something to, to rest that faith on, and that we have to give them the Word of God. When the Philippian jailer asked Paul in Acts chapter 16, he said, what must I do to be saved? Paul told him, said, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your whole household. But he didn't stop there. The Bible says in verse 32 that they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all were who in, uh, were in his house. See, Paul didn't just tell him, so he didn't just say, hey, just believe and then just leave that man without giving him something to believe in and to rest his faith upon Faith must have a foundation. That foundation is the Word of God, and that's what Paul gave him. It's the same with dealing with someone or even yourself if you're having issues with, with uh, doubt and skepticism. Does anybody ever battle doubt? Yes. I, think we, I think we all do. And I, I love books on faith and, and books on building faith and reading those books, but the best book for building faith that there is is the Word of God. Yet a lot of times it's the one we don't go to. In John chapter 20, verse 31, I always like this verse because it says this. It says, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. Now, uh, I like this verse. I did give them all these verses, but I gave them to them late, so I'm sorry about that too. That's John 20, 31. So, I like this verse because have you ever been reading the Bible, and then you kind of like read the notes uh, in the Bible, and then you have to read it again because you don't know where he got, how, how did he get that from this type thing? Because you don't speak Greek or Hebrew well enough. And you're sitting here, and, you're, and I'm, I'm thinking, sometimes I've even had this thought, and I've even prayed this. I'm like, sometimes I just wish, why couldn't you just put it a little plainer, Lord, so there couldn't be all this arguing about it, you know, all these different opinions of it. it just, just, just say it straight out. Just, but here it is, it tells you, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. So a lot of times when people are, do receive Christ, I've never known anyone when someone got saved and they said, man, I really want to get in the Bible, what book should I start in? Go to Deuteronomy. Have you ever told anybody that? If you'll go into Deuteronomy, you'll be, you're, you're just... No, we usually, people sometimes say start with the Gospels, but I usually tell them start with the book of John. And the reason I tell them that is verse 31 tells me, this person just received Christ. What's the first thing the enemy's going to do? Tell them it never happened. Tell them it was all in their head. Tell them that, you know, none of that. was. So I want to send them to the book that actually says this book was written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And so if you are someone you know is having struggles with skepticism and doubt, read the book of John. 
Get into the Word. It's important. And if you'll take that book and you'll ask God to bring things, uh, bring things to light and to, and to minister to you through that book, I believe that you'll come out believing and knowing that Jesus is the Son of God because that's what it says is going to happen. If it don't, read it again. And we must be people of faith. Faith comes from the Word of God. And if you want your faith to grow, then you need to feed it the Word. Number four, almost halfway. The Word of God has the power to cleanse. Ephesians 5, 25 through 26. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word. So the Word of God not only has the power to take impurity out of the heart, but it also has the power to cleanse the outward life as well in people. And we've all experienced it, and we've seen other people experiencing it in their lives. And uh, actually, Bishop Seals was talking about this last week, too, about uh, uh, cleaning ourselves and, or getting dressed to go out, the things that we, that we do. And it's that same, the same thing. It's important for us to clean ourselves physically and spiritually. We live in a dirty world. We live in a polluted atmosphere. When we go out and we come in contact with the things of this world, there's only one way to keep clean, and that's by taking a bath in the Word of God. That's by that washing of the Word. And we all can agree that it's important. We all can agree that we need to, we need to do that every chance that we get. I'm not even going to say every day. I'm going to say as often as possible. I'm going to go beyond, I'm going to go beyond just taking a bath. I'm going to do it like washing our hands. I hope we all wash our hands multiple times uh, a, a day. It's important. Number five, the next thing that the Word of God has the power to do is to build us up. To build us up. Acts 20, verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up. If you need to grow in the Lord, if you need to be built up, if you need to be strengthened if you need character building anything that you need you can find it in the word of god and not only does the word of god build us up it also i don't know if you know this or not it has the power to make us wise if you want to know how many people are not in the word of god the way they should just look at all the foolishness going on in the in the church these days but uh every time when i, I think about that and the wisdom from the word i always think about my grandfather uh, Grandpa had a sixth grade education. Uh, his, his dad passed away when he was 12, and so he had to go to work uh, and take the job of a man at 12 years old. And yet, when he became a pastor and all these other, well, he was successful before then, and then as a pastor after he got saved, when everything started to take place, people would go to him for counsel all the time. All the time. He was one of the wisest people that I've ever known. And he was wise because he was full of wisdom because he was full of the word. And see, that's the secret that a lot of people are missing out on. They may be able to say, you know, it seems like they can say all the right things and all this, but if they're not full of the word, you better not trust that counsel that they're given. It's going to ultimately get you in trouble. Number six, the word of God also has the power to give assurance of eternal life. 1 John 5.13 Here's another one of those verses I like. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. 
This is written so that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you, would, you may feel like you have eternal life, but that you would know that you have eternal life. Now, when I was uh, coming up in the church as a kid, they used to always say this saying, and, and, and maybe some people still say it. I haven't heard it in a while, but they would always say, when you know that you know that you know. Do you, did anybody ever heard that before? Talking about they, they would start testifying about how they couldn't wait to go to heaven and they're so glad that they know that they know that they know that they're born again. And sometimes they would say that they know that I know that I know that I know and they would keep on going even longer, longer than that. And uh, that used to kind of confuse me because uh, I, 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 does anybody here want to die? Like you just sit there and you think about, man, you know, it'd be nice. No. So that's what would come to my mind when I would hear him say that. I know that I know because it almost sounded like this guy wants to die that was doing this testimony. And I, I would think to myself, how, does he, how can he feel that way? That's what I would think. I would think I would always go to a feeling. How do you feel? How do you feel that kind of confidence? It's not a feeling. It's a knowing. It's completely, it's completely different. Because we're all human. We all have some weird feelings every now and then, despite no matter, no matter what you've, you've been through, what you've accomplished with the Lord, the enemy's still going to come and attack your feelings on a daily basis. But it's what you, you know. It's not that you feel that you have eternal life. You know, knowing that you have eternal life as a believer does not just come from a feeling. It comes from the Word of God. And there are a lot of people, they live their whole Christian lives in fear of are they really going to make it to heaven? So what happens is these people, because they don't want to do anything wrong, guess what they do? They don't do anything. <laughs> They're afraid it may be wrong, and they don't want to not go to heaven. They're so worried about their eternal life that they, they end up spending 20, 30 years, and they don't do anything for the kingdom because they don't know that they have eternal life. They're waiting on that feeling. When the feeling hits them just right, that's when they're going to try and step out and do something for God. When you step out and do something for God, you, you don't always get it right. You make mistakes. You hurt people's feelings. You have to apologize. You have to swallow your pride. You have to do a lot of stuff. But there are a lot of people that their whole, if your whole Christian life, you're afraid of eternity, something's not right. You need to get in the Word so that you will know that you have eternal life. See, the best thing we can do is give them John 3, 36, where it says in the first part of that verse, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. Not just will have, it's already yours. You already, you already have it. And then we just tell that person, say, hey, look, take God's word for what it says. Quit, quit listening to your feelings. It says that you have everlasting life because you believe in the Son. And the word says that he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And you can trust what the word says. Now, these next few, 7 through 10, these are, these are things that the Word of God has the power to bring that everybody's after, even the world. Everybody wants these things. And uh, unfortunately, even Christians go looking in the wrong places for this stuff and get ourselves in a mess. But the Word of God, number 7, has the power to bring peace into the heart. There are a lot of things going on now with people where it just seems like people are never content. It doesn't matter what they have, how blessed they are. They, this, this didn't do it for me. The next thing's going to do it, whatever, whatever the next thing may be. 
And the reason is, is because people are, what they're really after is peace in their heart. And you're never going to find it in the next thing unless the next thing is Jesus and the Word of God. Psalms 85 verse 8 says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for He will speak peace to His people and to His saints. So there are many people out there, they're looking for peace. They're searching for peace. They're spending money for peace. They're, they're longing for peace. And a lot of Christians praying for peace. But they don't get in the Word. See, if we want peace in our hearts, we're going to find it by studying God's Word and allowing His Word to bring that peace that only it can. Number eight, God's Word also has the power to produce joy. Another reason people can't be content. They're trying to find joy in all the wrong places. And I'm not even saying in bad places. I'm not even talking about people going after, uh, going after it from a lifestyle of sin. I'm just talking about good people. They're trying to get joy in their lives. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found and I ate them, and your word was to me joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Fullness of joy comes from the word of God. You're never going to be truly happy if you never open this book. I don't care how much fun you have if every day's a vacation. It's not, going to, it's not going to work. Joy comes from the Word of God. There is no joy offered by any source from this earth that can even compare to the joy felt by a believer that's continually taking in the Word of God and allowing it to minister to their heart. Number nine. I told you I was going to go fast. We we're still might get done by 12. Not only does the Word of God bring forth peace and joy, but patience, comfort, and hope. You see how I lump three together to get this quicker for you? <laughs> patience, comfort, and hope come through the Word of God. Romans 15 verse 4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. So patience and comfort of the Scriptures, we might have hope. There are a lot of people that you, you see hopelessness everywhere you go. That's why people are turning to all kind of crazy things, and that's why people are so easily influenced by all this demonic activity that's going on and believe anything that will give them hope, they'll believe it. But they're believing a lot of false hope because they don't know the truth because they haven't been in the Word. And that even goes, that, that, like I said, this is even for church people. The world needs that hope that we find in Christ, but we need it as well. We need to be feeding ourselves on, on the Word of God because if we can't give people hope, what can we give them? And how are we going to give them hope if we're hopeless? If every time they come to one of our services or they have a conversation with them, we're talking and the only, only thing that comes out of our mouths is hopelessness, 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 we're not going to be able to help anybody. We need to get into the Word and allow the Scriptures to come into us that we might have hope. And finally today, the Word of God, number 10, has the power to protect from error and from sin. 2 Timothy 3, verse 13 through 15. It says, But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from your childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Many people have been and will be 
deceived because of a lack of the Word of God in their lives. I think of it, uh, actually many good people have done things in error. Forget just going all the way out in left field, just making a simple error because they've been neglecting the Word of God. And the two uh, examples I think of of that is one is, um, have you ever had like a, a favorite praise and worship leader and then they just go crazy? I mean, they get way out there. And uh, I still follow a couple on Facebook and uh, Instagram that I no longer believe have anything in common with them anymore because they've gotten so kind of crazy. But I'll read some of their posts and I'm like, how, how did this guy get there? How did this lady come to this conclusion? They've, they've written such dynamic songs. They had to be hearing the voice of the Lord and writing the song of the Lord. And, and what it is is they get so busy or they get so wrapped up or they get, they get deceived because they get out of the Word of God. Maybe it's schedules. Maybe it's a stronghold in their life. It could be anything. But, but you just see it and they're, they're, not only are they deceived, unfortunately, you can read the comments and see how they're deceiving others. And that's, that's one of the most deceptive people there can be is someone who's deceived themselves in the first place and they just lead other people, other people with them. And, and it's because there's a lack of the, somewhere there was a lack of the Word of God. They didn't stay in the Word the way that they, they should have. And then I think about myself. Now, I haven't done anything horrible. This isn't a confession. But have you ever, so maybe I'm the only one, but have you ever been going through something or you're about to face something, maybe even a, maybe even a conflict an issue, and uh, you know you should have gone here first, but instead you went there last when everything didn't go your way. Maybe I'm the only one that's done that, but I've done that a few times. And so the, you, you, you well, I don't know why we do it, but we go to it as a last resort instead of just going to it first. And, and so you'll be reading, and you'll read something, and you'll think about that thing a couple weeks ago when you said that thing you shouldn't have said. Or you did that thing you shouldn't have done, or you, you said it in a way you shouldn't have. Maybe it ain't what you said, it's how you said it. And, and I'll be like, oh man, I should not have done that. And I'll, I'll start praying and I'll repent about it. Lord, I, I, forgive me for doing it. If I, if I ever see that person again, because I don't want to go out of my way, but if I ever see them again, I'll apologize for that. And the problem is, is if I would have gone to this first it would have kept me from making the error in the first place. <clears throat> See, this isn't just about people that are out trying to get away with sinning or that are just like dirty, rotten scoundrels that are, that are hiding out among church people. This is good people that, that things happen because they forget the power of the Word of God and they neglect the Word of God in their lives. I have made all kinds of errors that if I'd have went to this first, I would have guarded my tongue or I might have never even showed up to the conflict to begin with. Instead, I let those feelings get a hold of me and those emotions, and I show up ready to blow somebody's ears back. Or, at my size, that's about all you get to do is blow their ears back. You're not going to do much else other than that. It's your all talk. But, 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 you know, we all do that. And I'm just thinking all those times, and then you read, and you're just, man, why? Why would I do that? Because I neglected the Word. That's why I did it. If I would have been full of the Word the way that I should, it would have kept coming back to me, or I would have... I, I probably wouldn't have had time to dwell on it for two or three days straight and get mad enough to go have the conflict anyways. But I didn't dwell on this. I dwelled in my feelings, and it caused me to get in error. Was I still saved? Yes. Was I still a good person? Yes. But I was in error, 
And there's a lot of things that happen in the church where people were in the spirit of error and they wouldn't be in there if they would just get in the word of God. But we, we don't do it because uh, we're, we're hard-headed, I guess. I don't, I don't know. We got other things that are, that, that are more important. But the word of God has the power to protect us from that. And it also has the power to protect us from sin. Psalms 119.11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It has the power to protect us. But are we hiding it in our heart? You're not going to hide it in your heart if you don't ever open the book. It's, what, it's, it's important. And so I hope that some of this that I've shared with you, that I, sorry I didn't give them enough points and we didn't get the scriptures up there, but I apologize for that. It was last minute. But we need the Word of God in our lives. There can be no fullness of power in our lives or in our service to God if the Word of God continues to be neglected. It's never going to have the effect it's supposed to have. It's never going to last. And in fact, it's going to lead into a spirit of error. You can look at ministry after ministry and see where it happened. There's been a neglect somewhere of the Word of God. We cannot obtain or maintain power in our lives without God's Word. I know it seems like, well, at least to me, it seems like it'd be so much easier because you hear these, uh, and I'm, I'm not saying I don't believe them. I believe the testimonies, but it just seems like it'd be so much easier if I could just go to the next big conference or when the next big speaker is going to be there and maybe he's even going to smack me with the Bible like that guy did and lay me out and that, that, that would just be, man, boom. That's my encounter with the Word of God that just changes everything. It seems like it would be so much easier instead of going day after day and week after week and month after month and year after year of digging into the Word of God. But that's how it works, and it's worth it. It's worth the time. It's worth the effort. See, Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 that we were to be filled with the Spirit. And we all know that's a very important thing. We need, to, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We need the gifts of the Spirit flowing in our lives and in the churches, uh, our churches today. But we also need to not forget what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3. In verse 16, he said, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And there's a lot of people that, that they'll beat you over the head with this, and that's because they're not being filled with the Spirit. And then there's a lot of people that, man, they, they think being filled with the Spirit is all about goosebumps and a feeling. They forget this has nothing to do with feelings. It's, good. it's great when our feelings and our emotions do get to have that encounter and something gets bubbling over, but that's not what it's about. But you get those people, they never get into the Word, and so they just get crazy on you or embarrassing sometimes or whatever they, 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 they might do. We need both. We need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be led with the Spirit, but we need the Word of Christ to dwell in us richly. We need the Word of God in our lives and in our churches. And I believe that if we'll get into the Word of God like never before, then I believe that we'll see the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit in our lives like never before as well. So we need both. We need to be filled with the Spirit and the Word. And I believe when we will take that step, we'll begin to see see the miraculous, all the things that everybody talks about. We'll be, begin to experience it. We'll begin, we'll, we'll begin to live it because we'll know what to do when we get a, in a certain situation. Now, it's great when you walk up on a situation and you just the, the Holy Spirit just speaks to you immediately and you're kind of beyond yourself and what you're doing. You're, maybe you're prophesying to someone or you're operating in some gift of healing or faith or miracles or 
or, or whatever. But even when that doesn't happen, you can be filled with the words of Christ to the point that you know what the Word says. You can begin operating in faith on what the Word says, and when the gifts kick in, you're already there and ready to go. We have a lot of people that they sit back because they're waiting on a gift to operate, but it all comes from faith. But they don't know that because they hadn't been in this book. They think a feeling's going to jump on them, and then they're going to... And sometimes it can happen that way. And it's great when it does, but even when you, if you'll go and you read the uh, biographies and the different books of great men and women of God, some of the most powerful men and women of God that have had the, the most powerful moves and revivals and things like that, some of them don't feel anything. Some of them, they, they do operate on feelings, but some, they don't feel a thing. But they go by the truth of the Word, and then the gifts of the Spirit begin to take place uh, in there. We have got this thing where we've got to think everything has to be a feeling. And so we're waiting until we feel like getting in the... Does anybody ever read their Bible when they don't feel like it? Sometimes I'm so frustrated, but it's the last thing I want to do. I just want to sit in front of the TV and not think about anything because I'm upset or I'm, I'm mad or I'm whatever feeling I might be going through. I try to not listen to them too much. But we can't wait on a feeling. It's great when it happens. And if you really want to get the feeling, get into the, I believe the feeling is going to come from the Word too. Because it's going to bring that wisdom and it's going to bring that regeneration. It's going to bring that whole list of ten things I said. Patience, peace, all those different things uh, in your life. And when they, you begin to move in those things it shifts atmospheres and it changes situations and people begin to take notice. And then it's going to open up opportunities for you to minister in those gifts that God has given you through Holy Spirit. So I want us to just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you again. God, I just repent for all the times I've neglected your word. Lord, even this week, I just ask for forgiveness, God. Lord, help me to understand the importance and the power of your word. Lord, we get so uh, weighed down by situations and circumstances we go through, Lord, and we just forget that you've given us the answer. You've given us a way to solve every problem, a way to face every adversity, and a way to always come out on top through Christ. But God, so many times we, we operate in error because we're not in your word. God, I just repent right now, Lord, for all those times in my life. God, every one of us here, that we would just change our way of thinking. Lord, we will understand the importance of prayer and the Word. Lord, like, our, like those our forefathers before us did, God. Lord, it seems to be so forgotten and neglected in the church today. And Lord, we're so sorry for that. God, it's not about how funny or clever a speaker is, God. It's about the power of Your words and it getting inside of us. God, Lord, we believe today. Lord, we know that you're able. And so, God, we're just going to pray for those that have needs, knowing that you are going to meet every need. You're going to answer every prayer. In Jesus' name. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our Connect Groups. 
from all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.